welcome to Smart Career Planning Podcast. This is your host, Helen Chow, and this is episode number four, What Are You Looking For? Part One. For those of you who don't remember, or if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I'm a headhunter. I spend a lot of time looking online for the right professionals for a lot of my company clients. There are companies that would reach out to me and help them fill very difficult to fill positions. They could be positions that have been open for about six months or a couple of months or mission critical roles that would reach out to me. So needless to say, there's a, a very specific group of people that would be eligible for this role. I also work on positions that are a little bit more impacted, meaning there are a lot of people out there that does very similar things, such as self-development rep, demand generations. Um, so those roles are a little bit more impacted. Now, if, you know, if there's so many much competition, what makes one person stand out amongst the sea of people? That's what I'm going to be talking about in my podcast series. Uh, when I say series, this particular episode, I would be the one to talk about my perspective, what I'm looking for as a recruiter. Um, and my future series, I'm going to be interviewing other recruiters with different specialties. Um, I'm going to ask all of them the same set of questions. And for you as an audience, maybe using similar questions, you can see if there's a similarity between what each type of recruiters are looking for in a winning candidate, or if there's no similarities at all, they're all very much the same. Um, so that's what I'm going to be talking about. And for those of you who don't know, my specialties are all things sales, all things marketing. The way I the way I define a headhunter, the way I uh, I do a comparison, I compare headhunters to a designer. A designer, they have put in more than ten thousand hours of time in refining their taste and a sense of aesthetics. Headhunters very similar to that in the sense that we talk with so many people all day long. We understand people's patterns, the way they answer questions, and what makes them stand out and what makes them just a you know a B candidate. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking mainly about two things. Number one is about online presence, and second, offline traits. Online presence. There are a couple of things I look for, and again, given that my specialties are sales and marketing roles, examples that I'll be providing they pertain to those positions as well. And if you're an engineer, you know, just extract whatever you can and apply it to, you know, to a situation that's most relevant to you. So the first thing I look for when it comes to online profile is the types of companies and titles. Um, there are two types of you know, two types of people in this specific category. One is a spot-on profile. And the second one, of course, is an iffy profile, a spot-on profile. Now, let me have to, I think to demonstrate this piece, I do have to build a scenario for you. Imagine I'm working with a company that is looking for a salesperson who's been selling enterprise infrastructure technology. And the average deal size should be between... 300 to 500,000 annual contract value. And it's, you know, the industry term is it's a pure hunter role, meaning they only uh, call on to net new business. They've never done business with this company. Um, so that's a pure hunter role. Uh, 
Now, a spot-on candidate. What does it look like? Just that this person needs to be selling enterprise technologies, working or selling directly into the infrastructure space, IT VP of information, whatever or not. An average deal size has to be that, if not bigger, and they have to be a pure hunter.、Um, and on top of that, good tenure. It's really important. Now, what makes someone has an iffy profile? If someone who has been,、um, if someone whose average deal size is quite a bit less,、um, if someone who has been selling a mix of technology, that may not be a spot on. But more importantly, if someone jumps around a lot, that is a really iffy profile. So hopefully that that makes sense. Now, second thing I look for is keywords. For example, if I'm looking for someone who. Who has used a very specific technology? So, say for example, I recently finished a search、um, for a marketing automation person, and this person needs to know how to use Eloqua, which is a marketing technology. So, when it comes to keywords, I only look for people who is experienced using Eloqua.、Um, so, that is going to be the first step. Now, for you, if You are someone who is specialized in this one specific technology, or if you have a broad range of experience using very different technologies, I highly recommend you to put them into your LinkedIn profile. Now, what what happens if it's like Microsoft Words, Excel? Those are given. So, if I were you, I probably would not put that on my resume or my LinkedIn profile. But something that's a little bit more specialized, that's relevant, pertinent to your industry, I definitely would put that.、Um, Now, leadership. If looking for, if I'm looking for a leader with strategic, high-level responsibility, the low-hanging fruit for me for me would be someone with the right title and spelled out experience for me. Someone maybe like I've been managing a team of people, or maybe I have、um, generated X amount of revenue by managing this one department, that one department, or cross-functional responsibilities. So those are the keywords I would be searching for, and if you have those keywords,、uh, if you have those keywords in your LinkedIn profile, that is great. The third point I want to talk about is tenure. Now I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Like many of you as a head headhunter, I want to look good to the person who's going to pay me as well, and in this case, this is my client. If you're a candidate who jumps around for whatever reason, whether it be layoffs, funding loss, not a culture fit, you know you're you're not giving me the confidence that you'll be loyal to my client. If I'm placing a long longer term consultant role, which I typically don't do, that is fine.、Um, at the same time, 99% of the candidates who jumps around tells me they really want to find a place where they can call home. If That only happens once or twice. You know, it, you know, it happens. You know, people jump around. Sometimes、um, you realize you make a mistake. It, it happens. We can see that specific pattern in your career history. But what happens if it、um, if it's like fifth job in a row?、Um, that message is a little bit hard to come through. Now you may be thinking, you know, I really had a streak. 
streak of bad luck, Helen. Are you telling me that I won't be able to find a job? No, not at all.、Um, it's just a little tricky. You will encounter a lot of objections and probably even incessant questioning of your career history. And it's not just from me; it's, it's probably from a lot of recruiters. And in the next part of this podcast, I will be talking about offline presence. Hopefully,、um, this will give you some tips on how to. Jump over that hoop.、Um, well, I guess maybe it's a good segue for me to talk about the the second major topic, which is offline presence.、Um, offline presence can be phone interviews. It can also be in person interviews. And there are two main things I want to talk about when it comes to offline presence. Number one, of course, it is you. Whether it be about your personality, your charisma, or sincerity, you.、Um, since we were just talking about A、short tenure. I'm going to talk about incidences where I did make exceptions and presented candidates with very short tenure to my clients. But what make them really stand out? Number one, of course, is experience. Candidates with spotted experience but very spotted tenure, I'll be very open to speak to speaking with. And now, as you can imagine, I walk into this conversation with concerns about tenure. How do I know that you are a performer? What is your story? So my ears are going to be burning as I'm listening to this person's story, and I, what I'm really looking for is just a, a hope that this person is going to prove me wrong. Now, if I do not walk away feeling surprised by how great this person is, I am not going to represent this person. Now, what makes this person so special is essentially how believable this person. Come across. Does this person's story make sense? The you know jumping from one job to the next. Is this person's guard down or completely up? Is this person defensive? Is this person does this person come across angry? How dare you judging my experience?、Um, all of those things really、uh, you know really play a role in、um, in my experience working with this person. And I hope you're not. A perpetual liar. Otherwise, sincerity is really, really difficult to fake, especially if,、um, for with a recruiter that is a little bit more experienced. It is really difficult to fake. Now, onto the subject of sincerity, you do give a lot during interview, whether it be you actively listening, answering questions, you're constantly doing homework on the person you're speaking with about the company, products that are rolling out. Um, you have to be a little bit more upbeat than you normally would, but I also encourage you to be extremely authentic. Don't try so hard to impress and bend yourself backward to the point that you can't really see who the other party is. You know, there there's a there's a thing where when someone is giving too much in a relationship, you can't see a parent a. a A panoramic view of what's going on. That's the last thing you want to do. Bottom line, you will be spending several years wherever you're going to be ending up. So make sure that you're truly comfortable with the company and the people that you're、uh, that you're interviewing with. You really take the time to talk with your hiring manager, talk with people you'll be working with,、um, the different cross-functional、uh, teams, ask for strate-、uh, strategic, long-term questions.、Um, So you know, it's a balancing act of the two. Second, communications. There are three types of jobs out there: one that requires a lot of client facing; number two, one that requires a lot of alone time, solving problems, head down, just plowing through problems; and the third kind is ones that is a combination of the two. 
If you're applying for a job that requires a combination of the two, but you have been just working alone, uninterrupted by other people, start attending networking events or even join a Toastmasters group where you're forced to talk with people. Gain some hands-on experience speaking in front of people. Now, if you're not used to speaking with and or speaking in front of people, the likelihood of you doing well on a job interview that requires a lot of client-facing activities is slim. For me, since I work with, um, work on mostly client-facing positions, I do expect the candidates I speak with to be you know, quite comfortable in articulating complex ideas, thoughts, um, to be able to talk about past experiences, and I definitely do not expect them to give me one-word answers. So in the event I come across one of those, oh, that may not be the best fit. I've also worked on positions, however, that are more heads down and data crunching. So I typically ask them very specific questions pertaining to their experience. And they may not be the most outgoing person but my experience of people when I ask them something about their actual experience, about process, they typically quote unquote wake up and they start to shine. They just start to talk a lot. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, Communication is not as scary as you think. It's really about who you are, what you've done, plus occasionally the ability to think on your feet. I hope you find this podcast helpful. If you have any comments or feedback, please do email, email me at helen at interviewrightconsulting.com. In my next several podcasts, I'll be talking about the same thing, um, which is what are you looking for? Mr. and Mrs. Recruiter. Um, and adding on top of that, of course, I'm gathering perspectives from other recruiters by interviewing them. Uh, so please do subscribe to my podcast and you will get the latest episode in your inbox while you're sleeping. Until then, have a great week and I look forward to talking with you soon.